Nara Basula, Chapter 1. All of the laws in this section are going to be dealing with the ramifications of a person seducing or raping a virgin maiden. And here we are talking about someone who has not attained the age of majority, but rather is still in her father's home. First halacha, a man who seduces a basula is going to be fined 50 sela of silver. Also, by the way, Rambam explains what this means, and it comes out that it's about 19.2 grams of pure silver. And according to the Alter Rebbe, it's 20.4 grams. So this fine is called a knas, and the knas is the same if he rapes her or if he seduces her. And this is based on the Torah, which says, The man who lied with her should give to the father of the young maiden 50 silver coins. Second halacha. The halacha uses two words. One is mefate and the other is oinas. Mefate typically means seduce and oinas typically means rape. Here Rambam provides working definitions of these words. Mefate, a seducer, is one who seduces her with her desire. Oinas is one who takes her by force. Whenever this event occurs in a field, we assume that it is Aines, unless he can bring witnesses to testify that it was not Aines. And the assumption by contrast in a city is a rebuttable presumption that it was seduction, unless witnesses come and testify that it was Aines. Third halacha. One of the consequences of a seducer is that he's encouraged to marry her, so long as she wants to be married to him and her father consents. But if the father does not consent, or she does not consent, then he must pay his fine and go on his way. Also, if he does not want to marry her, we do not force him. And if he does marry, he is not required to pay the fine. Not so in the case of an Aynas. In the case of an Aynas, if either she or her father does not consent to the union, it simply does not happen, and he would be required to pay the fine in any event. If they do consent, but the Aynas does not, then we force him to marry her, and he is still required to pay the fine. And it doesn't matter at all if she is blind or is a Matayra, and if he marries her, he is never allowed to divorce her unless she consents. Fourth halacha. In the case of an Anus, it's not necessary for there to be a Kasuba, because the whole purpose of a Kasuba is so that he will not divorce her frivolously, but in this case he's not permitted to divorce her without her consent in any event. Fifth halacha. However, in the case of an Aynas, if the girl is someone who is forbidden to him either from the Taira or the Rabbanon, obviously he should not marry her, or if during the marriage she commits adultery, then he is required to divorce her. Sixth halacha. If a Kayangadal is either a Mithate or an Aynas, he should not marry her, because a Kayangadal is required to marry a virgin. Seventh halacha. As we will learn elsewhere, when there is a negative commandment which can be rectified by a positive commandment, as long as the person fulfills the positive commandment, they are not lashed. So in this case, as long as the Aynas marries the girl, he is not lashed. Otherwise, he would be lashed. So if he divorces her, we compel him to remarry her. And if either he refuses to do so or he's not able to do so, then he is lashed. Eighth halacha. Either an Aynas or a Mithata is only chayv, is only liable to pay the kanas that we referred to earlier, if he had relations with her in the usual manner and if they were Adim, that is, witnesses. But the witnesses are not required to warn him in order for him to be liable. And here Rambam is clarifying that we're referring to a girl who is at least three years of age until she is at least twelve and a half. Ninth halacha. Even though earlier we referred to the fact that payment is given to her father, if she does not have a father, the man who is liable must nonetheless pay the fine. However, there is no fine for someone who is already of age, someone who is married to another person but dissolved the marriage through miyun, someone who is an islandess. An islandess is someone who is old enough to have secondary sexual characteristics but does not. Also someone who is mentally incompetent or a deaf-mute. And finally, someone who is reputed to have conducted herself immodestly while younger. But with respect to the latter, there would have to be two witnesses, and they would both have to testify that she sought inappropriate relations with them. A girl who is divorced after being consecrated would be entitled to the fine, and that means that she would be entitled to it, not her father. But in the latter case, we're only talking about an oinus, not a mafata. In the case of a convert or someone who is taken captive, or a Canaanite maidservant, if they either converted or were redeemed before becoming three years of age, she would be entitled to a kenas. However, if she was already three years of age when she converted or was redeemed, then she would not be entitled to the kenas, to the fine. Eleventh halacha. 
in the case that the Nara was completely forbidden to the seducer or to the rapist because of an Isr Kares. And we're talking here about if she's his sister or his aunt, or if she was even forbidden as a result of simply a negative commandment, he would not be fined if he was given a warning. And the basis for this, by the way, is that we never give a person a fine at the same time as we are punishing him. So if he's punished for a violation of Tyra, like for example, if he's given lashes, so he would not be required to pay the fine. If he was not given warning, however, he would be required to pay the fine because he wouldn't be liable for a punishment. If, however, she was forbidden to him as a result of a positive commandment or because she was a shniya, that is, a rabbinic commandment, so then, in any event, he's going to be required to pay the fine whether he was warned or not. And that's because we don't give lashes to him. 13. Talacha. When the girl was forbidden because of a prohibition that involves potential execution, like, for example, if she was his daughter or his daughter-in-law, he also is not liable for the fine. And here, once again, it doesn't matter whether he received a warning. 14. Talacha states that this is a general rule. Whenever a person is liable for the death penalty, he is not simultaneously going to be liable for a fine. And this is true even if his actions make him liable to the death penalty, but procedurally we cannot administer the death penalty, like in a case in which the witnesses don't give him proper warning. 15. Talacha. If, after he has relations with her, she dies, he is not liable for the fine. And this is the case if she dies before the case came to court, if she dies after the case is heard and a judgment is issued. So now he's required to pay, and the money would go to her heirs.